giving your tithes and your offerings to the church and to the Lord under the gift tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. Today, after this service, is our annual Congregational Voters Meeting. We will start following this service around 12.30 p.m. So all members of chapel are invited and encouraged to attend that meeting. We'll have that downstairs uh, in one of the Bible study rooms downstairs. Uh, just a reminder, we are worshiping the Lord not only on, on, on the weekends during the season of Advent, but also on Wednesday nights. Midweek Advent worship started this past Wednesday and will continue for each Wednesday in December uh, up until Christmas. So there's three more Wednesdays where we will gather. Service starts at 6.30 p.m. and a light supper is served prior to the service starting at 5 p.m. Uh, there's no charge for that dinner, but, but uh, we will be taking a free will offering in support of our missions. Uh, please join us for, for dinner and especially for worship on Wednesdays throughout the season of Advent. Next Sunday, December 11th, make sure that you come to a special choir, Christmas choir concert during this, this uh, service time, 11 a.m. service time. You'll for sure want to join us for that wonderful morning as we enjoy the story of the birth of Christ in song and in music. So put that on your calendar next Sunday, December 11th. And then the following Sunday, December 18th, the children will be holding their Christmas children's program. And that will be during also during this 11 a.m. Time, time slot uh, on that Sunday the 18th. So put those on your calendar, December 11th and 18th, for the Christmas choir concert and the children's Christmas program. If you wish, you may purchase one or more poinsettias to beautify the congregation of the church this upcoming Christmas season. There's an announcement about that with information regarding that in the chapel weekly today. Uh, the deadline, though, just for your, uh, so you're aware of that, for purchasing those poinsettias is Sunday, December 18th. So just keep that in mind. The Mary Martha is having a cookie bake sale today. You maybe saw that as you came in today. All proceeds benefit ministry. They're getting down to just the last few boxes. So uh, uh, if you want to get some, you might want to hurry um, after church to grab some. I think there's just like 10 or 12 left. So, But uh, uh, thank them. we thank the Mary Martha for doing that, especially as they benefit ministry through those sales. And a great big thank you for all who donated toys for children in need in our community. Uh, Lutheran Children and Family Services will be distributing those special gifts over the next few weeks. Uh, I think we put up something like 40, 45 tags with uh, gifts that were needed. Every single one of those was taken. So thank you very much for, for, for doing that, for, for providing that special blessing uh, for the children in need in our community. And we have a very special guest with us here this morning. Pastor Emmanuel Makala is here from Tanzania. He is, he is a bishop in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Tanzania. He is driving through St. Louis as he, as he goes home to Tanzania tomorrow. And uh, he happens to be with us here today. He's, he's good friends with Eric and Linda Funky as they served in Tanzania for seven years. And I'd like uh, uh, Pastor just to come forward to share a few words of greeting, if you could. Emmanuel. Good morning, everybody. My name is already mentioned. I'm privileged to be here. And I'm so glad being in the house of your pastor. I really enjoyed it. I'm traveling from here, St. Louis, to Tanzania tomorrow. I have been here for visiting and doing the training, uh, Lutheran um, uh, leadership program here at St. Louis, two weeks and I traveled also to Nashville for a uh, uh, personal leadership 
Institute International. So I'm glad I'm here. I'm coming from Tanzania. Lutheran Church in Tanzania has got um, 8 million Christian Lutheran. It's the second church uh, in Africa. The first church is Lutheran Church in Ethiopia, Makeno Jesus. And the third one is Madagascar. But I'm coming from one of the districts called Daosis. I'm leading there. I have more than 100 congregations, eight, five uh, pastors. And we're still doing mission work. We are baptizing thousands, thousand people in, in my area for, for doing mission work. So I take this opportunity to, to welcome you to Tanzania, to my diocese, to congregation, so that we can share the gospel to the people who, we, we have people who don't know Jesus in this time. You have known Jesus many, many years, thousands of years, hundreds of years, but we have an area of mission work in Tanzania. So welcome. Thank you very much for welcoming me here. So good to have you. Thank you for being with us today. And God's blessings on your travel back home uh, tomorrow. Um, and this morning, we have a very special opportunity um, uh, and blessing, really, to wish, witness the rite of confirmation, as well as welcoming to Chapel of the Cross some new members who have recently joined our church. That rite of confirmation and the welcoming of and receiving of new members will take place a little later in our service this morning after the sermon. This being the first weekend of the month, we have a director of the week. Our director of the week is Brad Purcell. Uh, Brad is, is in the back over there. He's going to be greeting you um, at the back door as you leave today. And our, and our elder of the weekend is Craig Schlickman. He's in the same area over there. Craig is going to also be greeting you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know those men as you're one of your elders and one of your directors here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I would confess my transgressions to the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities with which I have offended you and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them and repent of them and pray you of your boundless mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, be merciful, merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Forgive my sins, give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life, and bring me to life everlasting. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, let the lighting of these candles signify that you are the light that shines in all the darkness of our lives. As we wait, watch, hope, and pray, guide us to reflect in your light and let it shine. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. By his coming, we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
For this, the second Sunday in Advent, the Old Testament reading is from the 11th chapter of Isaiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The epistle is from the 15th chapter of Romans. Paul says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praise to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the desert of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the, for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was, baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abram as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axes are ready at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandal, sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated as we sing the hymn of the word.
be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this morning is that Old Testament reading appointed for this, the second Sunday in Advent. Uh, here again, just a few verses from Isaiah chapter 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, I love the writing of the prophet Isaiah. I mean, Isaiah is 66 chapters just packed with poetry and imagery. It's this brilliant literary masterpiece. You read through Isaiah, there are accusations of rebellion, there's idolatry and unbelief, there's warnings of judgment, there's calls to repentance and faith for God's people. But there are, are also beautiful, beautiful messages of hope and wonderful assurances of the love of God. And there's this wonderful anticipation of the grace of the coming Messiah. Isaiah is quoted and he is alluded to over a hundred times in the New Testament. There's so many messianic prophecies about Christ that scholars have affectionately referred to the book of Isaiah as the fifth gospel. Isaiah is where we find some just wonderful promises of Jesus. Remember the promise of that virgin who would bear a son who would be named Emmanuel. The promise of a son being given whose name would be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of course that promise of the suffering servant who would be stricken and smitten and afflicted, pierced for our transgressions and by his wounds we are healed. In fact, as Jesus begins his public ministry, he sits down in, his, in the synagogue and he teaches. And guess what book he opens up to, to read from? The book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. He shows that he is the fulfillment of all those prophecies about the servant of the Lord. And if Isaiah were living today, I, I could easily imagine that guy being a film director. I mean, he just loves imagery. You read through Isaiah, you see image after image. It's just so beautiful as he paints for us so many pictures as he shares the word of God. And he, he loves to put something right in front of us that kind of gets planted in our mind and you don't forget that too quickly. And maybe you heard that here in Isaiah 11, that image that he gives to us. A stump. <laughs> An old stump of a tree. You know, it's, a, it's the kind of thing that if you had that in your backyard, you'd be calling the tree guys to grind it up and get it out of there. Maybe it was an old oak tree that died. Maybe it was an ash tree like the one we had in our yard that succumbed to the ash borer beetle this past summer. Well, it doesn't matter really what kind of tree it is. And for most of us, an old stump in the yard, that's a sign that something's dead. And that's exactly the same with Isaiah. When he talks about that stump in Isaiah 11, he's talking about his nation. 
It's talking about Israel and all of its hopes and all of its dreams. They had been unfaithful to God, sinful, unbelieving. They had broken the covenant that God had made with them. Isaiah describes it as a nation that's blind and deaf, a vineyard about to be trampled, a people that are devoid of justice and devoid of righteousness. And so they are essentially dead here in 700 B.C. when Isaiah is writing. A dead stump. The northern kingdom, Israel, had been, had been defeated by the Assyrians. And then in 586 B.C., the southern kingdom, Judah, that would also be destroyed. They'd be destroyed by the Babylonians and the people would be taken away into captivity and to bondage and exile away from their homeland. So when Isaiah talks about this old stump, he's talking about all the hopes of Israel, all the dreams of that nation, just gone, just dead. Maybe to, to get our minds wrapped around that idea, think about our own nation, the United States, being overrun by another nation. And then all of us being deported from our places of where we live, far away from home. So America would essentially be gone for us. No more freedom. No hope. That's what Isaiah is talking about. So he gives us this image of this old, dead stump. But then, like a good film director, Isaiah is ready with a surprise. Kind of zooms in on the stump and he says, well, now, wait a minute. If, if you look closely, you can see a little sprig of green a little sprig of hope, a stubborn little twig growing out of the center of that dead stump that says, well, maybe it's not all over. Maybe God has something still in store and something still to work in the lives of his people. That stubborn little twig, that little sprig of green, that's the Messiah. Isaiah is his vision of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, 700 years before he came around. And everything that his nation was lacking, he listed out in this text. Everything Israel does not have at that moment, Isaiah foretells Jesus Christ will deliver it. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, power, righteousness, faithfulness, all of that from that stubborn little shoot rising up from the stump of Jesse. It was a dream that would not die God's dream for Israel and God's dream for you and me, it would just not die. Even when all seemed to be just dead, it wouldn't quit. Dead ends loom. And yet God's got a way of entering into the story and surprising us. And this really, in Isaiah 11, this is not the only place you see this. You see this all over the Bible when you look around. Go back to the beginning, Adam and Eve. They fall into sin. They're expelled from the garden. They bring pain and suffering and death upon themselves and upon all of humanity. And that is a dead end. And yet God comes and he gives them a promise. A promise of one who was to come who would defeat their enemy, the devil. Crush his head. One who would give forgiveness for their sin. Noah and, and the worldwide flood. Boy, that looks like a dead end, doesn't it? And yet God says, I'm going to save the world through this one little family riding in a boat 
And he gives that rainbow up in the sky, that beautiful sign of God's promise. The slavery that God's people endured in Egypt. 400 years they were enslaved. Ah, it looks like a dead end. But then God raises up Moses to lead them out of slavery. Again and again you see that. You look at the Bible, you see, you think the dream is dead. The promises of God, they're just, they're just meaningless. The people of God, they're at a dead end. But ah, God always comes back. He's always got a promise. For 400 years, between the last prophet of the Old Testament and the coming of Jesus, there's, there's this deafening silence. Not a single prophet is heard. No one hears from God. And then, out in the wilderness, here comes John the Baptist, surprising the world, coming to all who are just longing to hear that little word from their Lord. No wonder they flocked out to see him. No wonder they flocked to hear his message of repentance and hope. And then you look at Jesus. They killed him. They shut him up in a tomb. They sealed that tomb shut with a large stone. They set a guard even. And it all seemed at an end, just dead. But that grave, as you know, was no dead end. <laughs> Jesus rises from the dead on Easter morning. That grave could not keep him. That stone could not hold him there. The guards could not stop the resurrection. The Lord rose, and he gives the gift and the promise of everlasting life to his people. And over and over you see that in the Bible. When, when all seems lost, when, when the devil just seems to beat us, when our sins are just overshadowing us, when it's one dead end after another, when all just seems lost, when all seems like it's just a dead stump ready for removal, here comes the Messiah. Here comes Jesus with a surprise. He comes with his grace. And he comes with his love. He comes with his forgiveness. He comes with his hope. He comes with his mercy. He comes with his encouragement. He comes with his empowerment. He comes with his supper. And he comes with his baptism. Our Jesus, the Messiah, that little shoot from the stump of Jesse, he comes. He comes to us. He came as a little baby born in Bethlehem. He comes to be adored by shepherds and wise men comes to, to preach and to teach, to guide and to lead. He comes to take our place. He comes to suffer. He comes to die. And he comes to rise. Our Jesus, the Messiah, that shoot for the stump of Jesse. He comes to us. And Isaiah describes the wonderful ultimate outcome of his coming. Just some, again, some wonderful imagery that Isaiah uses. Listen to that again. The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the hole of the cobra, and the young child put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. In our world of violence and fighting and disease and war and death, 
That right there, that vision, that seems too good to be true. Wolf and lamb and leopard and goat and calf and lion all lying down together, not hurting each other, not eating one another. No more harming or hurting. No more violence. No more death. Man and beast living in harmony, a return to the garden. And then some. Paradise restored. It is the ultimate peace that that shoot of Jesse brings. Creation itself will be brought back in order. Life will be lived the way it was meant to be lived. For as Isaiah says, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Do you look forward to that? How, how could you not look forward to that? No more sinful nature in us to lead us astray. No more power of the devil to oppress us. No more violence or persecution. No more conflict or terror. No more disease or disorder or death. Only life and peace and the knowledge of God. All because of that little shoot that rose from the stump of Jesse. One of our, our Lutheran universities, Concordia University in Ann Arbor, Michigan, has this wonderful tradition that began a little more than a decade ago. In October of 2010, the city of Ann Arbor decided to replace this, this, uh, this traffic light that was in front of the campus with a singling roundabout. Um, and to do that, though, they had to cut down a tree. A beautiful 20-foot evergreen tree needed to be removed. And Jerry Novak, the, the director of Buildings and Crowns at the time, he said, I said to my staff, boy, that's a beautiful tree. We really should do something with that. And so the staff decided to, to move that cut tree to the center of the campus, right in front of the chapel, and light that tree with Christmas lights. The first week of Advent, it was very serendipitous that that happened right at Christmas time. So the tree was up through Advent and, of, of course, through, this Christmas, uh, through the season of Christmas. But after Christmas, they did not take the tree down. It stayed there, slowly dying there in the center of campus, right in front of the church, dropping needles and twigs. Until on Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, the season of Lent, those branches were all cut off. And then that once beautiful tree, stripped of all of its branches, was cut in half and fashioned into a cross. Huh. I mean, talk about a dead end. That's the stump of Jesse all over again, isn't it? Because that cross is a symbol of suffering. That cross is a symbol of death. Oh, but that cross is also a symbol of the Messiah. That shoot that rose out of Jesse's stump. That shoot that came to bring peace. It's a symbol of death, but it's also a symbol of hope and grace and forgiveness. So much so that finally, on Easter morning, that cross then was brought into the sanctuary at Concordia University, decorated all over with lilies as a powerful reminder of the Prince of Peace who came to bring life to his people. A powerful reminder of the Prince of Peace who came to bring peace to his people. And it's a ritual that is repeated now at Concordia every Advent. And in a way, we do that too. Perhaps not in the very same way they do. But we too are reminded of that Savior who comes, that Savior who lives, that Savior who suffered, that Savior who died, and that Savior who rises. We too are reminded that that Jesus is the shoot from the stump of Jesse 
That spring, spring that, that little shoot springing up from, whatever, from something that looked like it was at a total dead end. Jesus is the one who brings life out of death. Jesus is the one who brings peace to all who believe in him. Amen. Now may that peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed? You find that on page 8 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The congregation may be seated. This time I ask our two confirmands to come forward, please. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. Do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, I do. do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Yes, I do. do you believe in God the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and have been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion 
at the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Xavier. First we'll have Xavier. Xavier Nathan Hill, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. And Amy Ellen Meister, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Hey guys, I'm not quite done with you. <laughs> You're okay. Um, let's pray. We'll pray with you and the congregation will pray as well. Almighty and most merciful Father, in the waters of holy baptism, you have united your children in the suffering and death of your son, Jesus Christ, cleansing them by his blood. Renew in them the gift of your Holy Spirit that they may live in daily contrition and repentance with a faith that ever clings to their Savior. Deliver them from the power of Satan and preserve them from false and dangerous doctrines that they may remain faithful in hearing Christ's word and receiving his body and blood. By the Lord's Supper, strengthen them to believe that no one can make satisfaction for sin but Christ alone. Enable them to find joy and comfort only in him, learning from his, this sacrament to love you and their neighbor and to bear their cross with patience and joy until the day of the resurrection of their bodies to life immortal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace be with you both. Amen. So why don't you guys turn around and let's congratulate and welcome our new confirmants. So if you two could just move a little over to the side and we ask our, our, our two members who, are, who, are recently, who have recently joined Chapel of the Cross to come forward as well, Jennifer Krupp and Becky Kammeyer. Now I'm going to ask you two a lot of the same questions that I ask these guys, okay? The beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, said to his apostles, Again, that, that, that reading that we heard, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. Do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God 
and the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church drawn from them and confessed in the small catechism to be faithful and true. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Do you desire to become a member of this congregation? Will you support the work our Lord has given this congregation with your prayers and the gifts that God has given to you? Upon this, your confession of faith, I acknowledge, and public, I acknowledge publicly that you are members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation. Receive the Lord's Supper and participate with us in all the blessings of, the, uh, uh, all the blessings of salvation that our Lord has given to his church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your daughters, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that by your word and spirit they may continue steadfast in the one true faith and the fellowship of this congregation, as together we await the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you guys to turn around. We welcome Becky and Jennifer to our church. Afterwards, we're going to enjoy a little uh, punch and cookie reception, and I encourage you to all to introduce yourselves to our new members and our confirmands. Thank you very much, and, and I'll let you guys sit down. We'll, con we'll continue our worship by gathering our offering to the Lord.
we rise for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord Jesus, we confess that you will come again to judge the living and the dead. Many are unprepared for your arrival. As you send John to prepare the way, send us into the world where we live to prepare the hearts of people for your arrival. Give us the word we need to share and guide our actions that your kingdom will come here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, God, for the church and for all our, all our partners in faith. We thank you for our Senate and for our English district, and we ask you to bless the church with unity and a love and a zeal for sharing the gospel message. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, lead, guide, and bless the teachers, administrators, and students of our area Lutheran schools, Atonement Lutheran School, Emmanuel Lutheran School, Grace Chapel Lutheran School, Salem Lutheran School, Lutheran North Middle and High School, and our Lutheran colleges and seminaries. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for the newly confirmed and those who have been received into membership here at Chapel of the Cross. We praise you for igniting faith in their hearts, making faith grow and mature, and giving them boldness to declare their faith in your Son. Keep their faith strong in you, always looking to your word for comfort, peace, and guidance. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, bless our nation's president, Joseph Biden, our governor, Mike Parson, the members of Congress, judges, and all in positions of authority. Bless their work so we may live quiet and peaceful lives as we carry forth the good news of the Savior and point people to Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we ask that you bring healing to those who are ill or who are hospitalized. Especially today, we remember the cousin of Alderay Fields, Ethel Moreau, Daryl Hughes, and Donna Miller as she recovers from surgery. We also silently pray for other loved ones, friends, and family members who need your healing touch. Heavenly Father, may they find strength, comfort, and peace in your promises. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, give your comfort and your strength to those who suffer the loss of a loved one, especially the family and loved ones of Mason Begley, who died this past Monday. Give them the peace that only you can give, peace that surpasses all human understanding. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh Lord, we give thanks and praise along with those who are celebrating special gifts of your peace and grace, especially Nicholas and Elizabeth Frasca upon the baptism of their children, Isabel Denise and Tristan Nicholas. Protect these children and this family by your angels and bless them in every way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers. Mm -hmm. 